good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Bejan, Marie, once again, in the Soul Light Connection, just introducing the topic for today in a way that I never would have thought of. It's really good. There's a former Navy SEAL by the name of Admiral William McRaven, and he wrote a book, it's probably a leadership book, but it's entitled Make Your Bed. And one of the premises that he points out in the book that making your bed first thing in the morning can lead to many tasks completed by the end of the day. So even if you have a bad day, when you come back, at least your bed is made. <laughs> it reminded me when I was very young, I had an older cousin, his name was Gene, I I shared about Gene. He, he, of course, was also in the Navy. And I looked up to him, you know, as if he were a superhero, you know, before superheroes were popular, because like Popeye, he wore that same Navy uniform. And he also taught me how to make the bed the Navy way, and uh, so that it was perfect, you know, I mean, like everything was like in place. And like uh, Admiral McRaven, he told me in a kind of guru-like way that when you do that, the first thing in the morning, you set your tone for your day. It puts your day on a positive course, in a positive direction. Now, of course, at the time, I thought he was just tricking me to make my bed. But surprisingly, that stuck with me most of the, my life. And I, because most days I do make my bed, most days. But today we're talking about first things first. Just as making up maybe a bed is a beneficial act to set the foundation for some of the things we do throughout the day, there's a spiritual practice that we get to use. I don't say we have to do it, but we can get to choose this. That will also lay a spiritual foundation for our day and ultimately, I believe, for our life. And it's stated in Matthew 6, chapter 33rd verse, by the master teacher, Jesus the Christ, when he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all those things will be added unto you, all the things that we think we want. And of course, when we think about kingdom or heaven, we're not talking about a place at all, but we're talking about a state of mind. We also call it ever-expanding good, because in the Greek word, it meant expansion. And there's some other work that 
talks about this kingdom when in the Gospel of Thomas, which is one of those books that didn't make it in the formal Bible. And as I mentioned in the earlier service that, you know, there's a whole story about how the Bible got put together by a group of individuals. And, you know, they got up one day, well, Bible meant little books. They said, well, we like this part, but we don't like this part. So keep that out. That gives the people too much information. <laughs> but anyway, there's the Gospel of Thomas. And, and the, the disciples said to, to Jesus, when will the kingdom come? And the master teacher said, well, it will not come by waiting for it. It will not be a matter of saying it is here or there. Rather, the kingdom of heaven is spread out all over the earth and people do not see it. They're talking about an invisible presence. It's all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere present. I like to use the word as omniactive. And the first thing we do before anything in the outer is to connect with this presence. Communing with this presence, also known as the secret place of the most high, most, is the most important, probably the first action we ought to take on a daily basis. I remember when I was uh, in ministerial school and you know, we had to do some practice talks and I was telling uh, the, the, the instructor, I was getting fired up and ready to go and he said, well, don't do that, just become still. Make the connection. Invite yourself to be connected to that presence, and then that force of the universe will be behind you. And I noticed that as over the years, that if you look at an elite athlete or an elite dancer or singer or actor or entertainer or speaker, uh, anything that does something in the outer, nearly all of them without fail connect first to that presence in some form or another. Some people call it prayer. Some people call it meditation. Some people call it silence. Some people say it's communing with the force or nature. And it may seem like they're doing nothing. But rather than saying, don't just sit there, do something, what they're really saying, don't just do something, sit there first. <laughs> and then go forth and do your activity. Then go forth and do your project. There's a song, we were singing some songs today by Ricky Byer Beckwith. And uh, she has another song that I'm familiar with that pops up in my mind from time to time when I find myself getting off kilter. And it goes like this. I used to think that I needed somebody or I needed something when all I needed was my connection with God. That connection is making first things first. That is the first place that we ought to go because when we go to that secret place of the most high, something dynamic, something beneficial, something awesome can happen. So today I just want to share what I believe are some of the benefits of seeking first that kingdom or spiritually making that connection or making first things first. And I think the first benefit is that we get to think the thoughts of God. You know, in the Gospel of John, 10th chapter, 30th verse, it says, is it not written that ye are gods? And some people think that means that we are God itself, but we're not God. Just like a cup of ocean from the water of the ocean is not the ocean. It rather means that we can take on, that we can think, that we can embody these divine and perfect spiritual ideas that are everywhere. And that's important because as the Buddha says, we're shaped by our thoughts. 
Understand, we always have to be aware that if we're not thinking for ourselves, someone or something is thinking for us. So if we're going to default to having someone or something thinking for us, may as well be the presence and the power of the love of God itself. And so I ask, what can be better than thinking the thoughts around a God of love, a God of abundance? Thinking around abundance and wholeness and forgiveness and joy. Because when we do, we learn how to be available to fresh insights, to fresh revelations that are seeking to occur at this moment and every single moment of our life. Because we realize there's an insight trying to happen, a revelation that's trying to occur all of the time. And every moment of our life, there's something trying to emerge, saying in substance, I want you to be more because I want to express more through you. I want to live more through you. There's a story about an author that I've read several of his books. Uh, his name is Stephen Pressfield. And he wrote a book that was eventually turned into a movie. Some may be familiar with it. It's called The Legend of Bagger Vance. Now, superficially, the book is about a story of golf. But really, it's a spiritual journey about the main character. It just really kind of gives you the background that during the Great Depression, there was a Georgia socialite, and she announced a publicity-gathering, high-stakes golf tournament at her struggling family golf course because they were really about to go under. And so she was able to convince uh, some of the greatest golfers that are around at that time to participate. And the main character was once a, a local golfer. His name was Runolf Juna. It's interesting that the story is actually based upon the Bhagavad Gita, and, and the Runolf and the Runolf Juna is really kind of play on the word Arjuna, the god of, of the Bhagavad Gita. Anyway, Runolf Juna's career was derailed by World War I, and he was brought into play to play with all the stars because everyone there locally knew him. But unfortunately, his game was weak. His game was shot. And, and, and then comes along an enigmatic, uh, kind of puzzling guru figure called Bagger Vance. And I think that's a play on the word Bhagavad Gita itself. And he offers to coach him to become that great golfer that he once was. And all his advice is filled with spiritual principles. So this is one of my, you know, oldie but goodie flicks of the week. I, I invite you to take a look at it. I think our spiritually grounded people would love it. But that's really not about why I shared it. It's really more about the author. Because what he shared that after many years of struggle and disappointments and rejections of his work and his books and so forth, that eventually he started making that connection. He was starting to make first things first. And as a result of doing that, while he was writing that book, this came through him. And that led to several other successful novels being written by him after that. But here's the thing that I really took my attention as I was listening to him in an interview. He said that I'm a believer in another dimension of reality. And in that dimension is the source of all ideas. And he called that his muse, that energy can flow through us. If we get ourselves, get our ego out of the way. And he said that energy is constantly seeking to flow through us, and it demands that we use it. 
And he goes on to say this, our job is our responsibility, is our mandate to bring this existence of God ideas into our world. So if you look around, you know, writers, they, they, they you like connect with this when they write their stories or musicians when they write their songs or choreographers when they connect with their dance or artists in their paintings or drawings. But it's not just limited to artists. No matter what we do, I think it's our job to bring this presence into this world. And that flow never stops. And if we ignore it, we end up feeling a divine discontent, like something is missing. And according to Pressfield, we've got to respond to that river flowing through us. I don't think we have to do it, but it's our privilege and our, our opportunity to do that. Because when we do, we end up thinking like God which means that we return to the realm of this presence that knows everything even before we can think of what we think we know to know. And I think on some level, that's real thinking. So when we first, when we make first things first, we do that when we're praying and meditating, when we're contemplating and opening ourselves up. We begin to think from insight. We begin to think from revelation. We begin to think from inspiration. And that God presence is in all of us and can be expressed through us. You know, it says in the, the Proverbs, witness the uh, wisdom teachings that commit thy works unto the Lord, which is nothing more than the law of life. Commit thy works to the law of life and the thoughts shall be established. You and I want to feel our way into that because it is extremely powerful and it benefits all of us. So benefit number one, when we begin to go and make first things first, we begin to think the thoughts of the presence, which leads us to the second benefit of putting first things first. We stop being influenced by the negative thought forms of our society. You know, there's a line in that song that was just being sung that says, we don't want to love the things that the world loves. We don't want to chase the things that the world chases. But understand that our thoughts are based upon where we place our interest. And when we first, when we put first things first, when we seek first that kingdom, that ever-expanding good, we're committing our life, we're committing our works, we're committing our way, our whole being to that great law of life that's changeless. So this great law of life, which is also known as the great law of success, the, the great law of spiritual abundance, the law of beauty, the law of love, the law of more and more and more life. When you and I commit our work unto that law of life, our thoughts are established based upon our interests. And then, then we're no longer run by worry. You know, sometimes, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking for myself and just confessing. You know, sometimes you may have a thought and you say, oh, my, that thought that just went through my head. Is that thought going to show up in my life? Is that going to happen in my life now? I, oh, I've been learning about this stuff, coming to these spiritual life center experiences. And, and, and now I realize that thought is creative. And the past few weeks, I've been reading about the latest disease and all the stuff that's going on in the world and all these negative, fearful thoughts are coming into my mind. Does that mean I'm going to catch something or some negative thing is going to happen in my life? Oh, my God, what's going to happen to me next? Oh, I wish I didn't know all this stuff. I've been learning at Spiritual Life Center because before I knew any of this stuff, I wasn't worried like I am now. <laughs> because now I'm realizing that thought is creative. 
The thoughts in mind begin to cruise after their time. And now I don't know what to do about my thinking because I'm aware what's passing through my awareness. But when we put first things first, we're so interested in the power and the presence of the love of God. It becomes subjectively how we are feeling. And we begin to create a force field around us. And those negative thoughts will pass through. They will not stick. They will not get tangled up in our consciousness because the predominant feeling pattern is dedicated to seeking the good of the ever-expanding kingdom of God. So those negative thoughts, oh, they will not stick. They'll just keep on floating on by because we're not interested in them we become interested first and foremost beginning and last and everything in between the power of the force the thoughts of God the will of God knowing that the thoughts and the will of God are always for a greater expression of life so that's benefit number two we don't get caught up in the craziness you know when we read the about Satan or the devil in the Bible, translated means crazy thoughts. And so at some point we talk about the idea, get thee behind me crazy thoughts. Get away from me. Or we might say, get behind me, support me, and do my highest good. So we really don't get caught up into that belief of the crazy thoughts when we begin to go first things first. And then finally, the third benefit of getting engage in first things first, we put unshakable belief in our affirmative prayer work. You know, when we listen to the master teacher, he states that we must pray believing that ye may have, that you may receive. And he's reminding us that this is the byproduct of putting first things first. Because we're reminded that we are at, when we're praying, that our prayer has already been answered. He's saying, pray believing that you already have it, that you can receive it, that you can accept it, that you can demonstrate it, that you can benefit and manifest it and be whole and allow it to reveal itself. In other words, we're here to stop and to commune with this presence. And then we get a clean awareness that our starting point in life is that we already have it. And I thought about this because my son is... uh, I mentioned he didn't graduate from college now, but he's spending a lot of time uh, doing something he really loves, which is hip-hop music. He's getting engaged in that industry. So I'm, I'm trying to learn a little bit about it, particularly the players involved in that genre. But not only the artists, but some of the managers and executives who do well. And I became familiar with one of the individuals, and his name was Dame, his name Dame Dash. And Dame comes from a very rough and tumble streets of New York. And against all seeming odds, he was able to really be extremely successful. You know, his mother died when he was 15 years old, and he was pretty much on his own in that uh, environment. But he didn't become one of the statistics that many would have thought he would have become because of where he came from. So he ended up founding his own record label and created a company that turned into an unstoppable force because he became responsible for like seven or eight or nine number one albums. And he was able to help other people become successful in their careers, other known artists and musicians. 
He started his own company uh, for clothing and made a half a billion dollars in that over the time with very little education. And he got his own movies that he helped produce and so forth. He created his own studio and streaming service. And so I began to realize that once I grasped the odds that he seemingly faced, it was really nothing short of awe-inspiring. But what interested in me was his approach, was his perspective in life. And he said that whatever project that he takes on, he starts with the assumption that it's already done. He connects with that presence. The idea in his mind is already complete. Because we know that spiritually, everything happens twice. First on the spiritual plane, then on the material. First in mind, then the physical. And once he makes that connection, he begins to visualize it. He says, I'm already in my future. I've made that connection. I'm already there right now. And I believe that's what it means to pray believing. And so he begins to get every individual that's in his organization around him to get in tune with that vision. He makes sure that every one of those individuals have the same vision and everyone has that one goal in mind, believing that it is already done. And for him, it is a fact. It is already done because he's made his connection with that presence. He's made first things first and everything is solid. The point is, he knows that any idea that he gets from the idea sphere, he can manifest it. And he says he knows he never gets an idea that he feels in his heart that the universe has for him because it'll eventually give him the means to get there. So we talk about seeking first the kingdom. We put first things first so that we put that unshakable belief shakable belief in our prayer work. So as a close out today, we want to remember to make first things first. We want to seek ye first that kingdom, that ever-expanding good, make that connection. And as we do, we begin to lift our attention from which cometh our help always. And when we make that connection, we say, how awesome is the God that I serve. How great is this presence? What does this presence have for me today? And we ask, how will God show up in my life today? And that infinite nature of the universe will show up ways upon ways upon ways to demonstrate how wonderful God actually is, how loving God is, how forgiving God is, how healing God is. And we will stand in that awareness that there is nothing life can do to us that can break us. Oh, sometimes in life we may bend like the willow. But when we are seeking first and foremost the presence of God, there is nothing that life experience can do to break us because there's nothing that can oppose this presence of God that we are one with. So we listen. We get that connection. We keep our net of our minds open. We keep them open and not answering the door of our mind till we know who it is and we know what it is, a God thought. And then we hear it whispering in a feeling, if not in words, it is I. The spirit of living God is knocking at our heart, causing us to expand beyond our wildest imaginations.
And it says, let me in. So the Spirit of God will then wash all over us. And this is the truth. And when we get in tune with the truth, when we make that connection, we make things first things first, we move from a victim to a victor to a vessel of the Spirit of the living God. Listen, let's embody that right now if you can repeat after me these words. My life is the life of God. I hear some pretty faint words. Let's go say it with, with energy and enthusiasm. I am, in, I am victorious. I am a victor. I am a vessel of love. I am a vessel of compassion. I am a vessel of generosity. Of forgiveness. I'm a victorious vessel of God. Feel that within every cell of your body temple. This is the truth of who and what we are. You've made that connection. you made first things first. This is the unchangeable nature of the spirit. And when this happens, when we make first things first, oh, we begin to move from where we are to where we can be when we see ourselves at our highest and our best. So we make first things first. And we say, thank you, God. It is done. So it is. Amen. And before I move on to what's going to happen next week, I just wanted to share that right now there is a, an event taking place. And it's called Vibe Razor. And what's happening is that people all over the planet are coming together to lift the vibration of the planet, to create a cosmic wave that ripples around the world. So they're actually in Arizona. Some of our members of Spiritual Life Center are there right now. And so at 12 o'clock our time, people are going to be tuning in to raise our vibration in their, wherever they happen to be. So we're here at Spiritual Life Center right now. So I'm going to participate and have us join in in this vibration raising right now as we engage in our own Little prayer work. I don't know if, if Paula's around. Oh, she's, she's on her way. I was going to ask her to pay a little bit of something. I was like trying to get my lyrics in order. That's okay. You're doing very well. <laughs> but let's take a moment now and just settle into this presence. And let us remember that we are raising the vibration of the very planet right now. We are joining in with millions of people all over the world who are taking out this time, this moment to make first things first, to connect with the presence of pure spirit. We realize that we are all connected. And we live in that conscious energy field of divine and perfect love. And when we come together in this resonance field, feeling and sensing our oneness with the presence, holding our intention for every action that we take to be in tune with love itself. It creates a wave, a ripple, on an unconscious level, everywhere, in every place, at the same time. Right now it's getting bigger and bigger. There's a wave of consciousness spreading upon the planet in which we live. 
each of us are connecting so that we reach that critical mass beyond what the human eye can see or understand. But it is an unbreakable effect that changes us forever. Individually, we are powerful. But together, we are a force. We're reminded that each of our energies matter. We are at that tipping point right here, right now. We remind ourselves that we are the ones we have been waiting for. And we are in that light in this moment. And we join in with millions of people all over the world who feel, who see, who know the light. And we begin to transform not only ourselves, but the very planet in which we live just a little bit right this moment. It is done. We're grateful. We're thankful. Ashe. Amen. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh